Hi everyone, uh, we're going through a series on the fruits of the Spirit uh, and uh, we've talked a little bit about faithfulness as a fruit and I'm just going to go into that in a bit more detail uh, for you now, so thank you for listening. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind when I started to think about faithfulness as a fruit is uh, the great hymn that we sing about the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Most of us are familiar with the faithfulness of God. When we sing about it, we pray, we give thanks for the constant faithfulness of our God. Uh, he's unchanging. The theological word for that is he's immutable. He cannot, he does not change. You know the verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And this hymn just says, no shadow of turning with thee. That's a kind of old fashioned way of saying it, I guess. But I think it's talking about the sun, uh, which uh, is is brilliant and, uh, and shining. But as it moves through the sky, shadows change, things change. Even so, our sun can be brilliant at times, but it can fade. It can set. Uh, clouds can obscure it. Shakespeare puts it like this in one of his sonnets. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is its gold complexion dimmed. At every fair from fair sometimes declines by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, he says uh, in his sonnet. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Morning by morning, new mercies I see, hallelujah. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. And scripture is full of the same kind of themes, isn't it? Isaiah 25 verse 1 says, O Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you and praise your name for in your perfect faithfulness. You have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, the famous song, of course. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are, beautifully says, new every morning, new every morning, great is your faithfulness and psalm 36 5 your love lord reaches to the heaven and your faithfulness to the skies faithfulness is an intrinsic part of god himself it's part of his character isn't it it's who he is his promises we know always stand his word can be utterly relied on even if we are faithless, 
2 Timothy 2.13 says, He remains faithful, for he cannot disown, he cannot contradict himself. We all know this truth, and that's why we can sing, All my life you have been faithful. It's true in our lives, isn't it? It's not just some idea that uh, we have in our heads about what God is like. But you and me, we experience this in our lives. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. How about you and me, though? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit in us. We know about our Father's faithfulness, but how about his children? How do you and I measure up? against the Father we have. And that's the subject of our study today. It's faithfulness as a fruit in you and me. In our journey of faith day by day, we need to be growing more and more like him in many ways, but in our faithfulness particularly. So we're going to take a look at what faithfulness looks like on a person. What is a person of faithfulness like because God is always faithful he's always for you always ready to bless you always ready to forgive but our human nature isn't quite like that most of the time is it people are by nature not that dependable we come to realize as we go through our life we even don't really trust ourselves a lot of the time. Human beings go through mood swings, don't we? Sunday morning worship, full of Holy Ghost fire perhaps. You're right in the presence of God. Tuesday morning though comes round, Monday morning perhaps even, and after a bad night, you're tired, you're grumpy, you're irritable. You're almost like a different person. Wednesday, you can be bright and cheerful again for no apparent reason. And then by Thursday, we can be depressed and feel hopeless as if everything's crushing in on us just in the space of a few days. We can be fickle in our relationships, can't we? Young man can be full of passionate for the girl he's met on holiday, full of passion, the girl he's met on the summer holidays by Christmas, he can completely have forgotten her and gone on to somebody else. Even newlyweds, starry-eyed on their big day. Three years later, baby on the way perhaps, and the husband's eyes can be wandering. He's wondering about whether the field on the other side of the fence is greener. Fickle in our relationships, we can also be fickle in our purchases, in our finance. We see a brand new car, we think that's the car for me. I know that if I just get that car, everything's going to be perfect. Maybe there's some jewellery that you've seen in a shop window. It's sparkling and beautiful. It's just the object of your dreams. That gadget, a phone perhaps, that's got all the latest gizmos on it. You really need that phone. You've hardly got enough money for it, but if you just save up a little bit more, you could probably stretch to it. And yet once we've acquired these things, 
the car, it's the same as every other car. It's got four wheels and it gets you from A to B. A week later, you're used to it and you're looking for something else. Um, the phone is unfortunately being superseded immediately by another phone that's even better and you're beginning to save up for that one. We're fickle. We change. Our attitudes change. Our heart changes. We can be, we can lack dependability in our promises that we make. I can make a promise to God to change. And yet a few days later, I've forgotten. I make a promise to somebody, I will remember your birthday next time. I'm really sorry that I missed it again. I can make a promise to myself this year, I'm going to eat less chocolate. Or I'm going to join a club. I'm going to start running more. I must speak to the neighbours more often. I've been moved by something in that message and I really need to get on and, uh, and become more chatty to them and see if I can reach them for the kingdom. But a little while later, it's not quite so important to me anymore. I've got my head, my, my emotions stuck into something else and I just move on. Even in our relationships to God, we can be like that, can't we? We have an amazing time of closeness with God and we dedicate our lives again and we think I must, I can feel God calling me to pray more often. Um, so I'm going to get up early tomorrow. I'm going to get up earlier than usual to spend that time. And maybe for a few days we achieve that. But it can drift and we end up being no different from what we were last week. We can make promises about willingness to be bold, a determination to live a holier life, to put aside those things that are holding me back, uh, to put aside those weights that I know are pulling me down or the things that drag me into sin. And I make decisions before God to be different. And yet, unfortunately, I'm kind of unfaithful in those things. I'm <laughs> thinking about it. That's such a gloomy picture. I thought there's only one thing that people are really constantly passionate about and faithful about, and that's their football club sometimes, because once you've become an Everton supporter, Mike Roffer, you stay like that, don't you? Whatever the team goes through, you cannot be discouraged. You are there for them. You're supporting them. You think they're the greatest whatever. You, you're with them 100%. You are a blue or a red or whatever. And we're passionate about that constantly. We're consistent. We are faithful. But it doesn't often apply in many other places in our life. Uh, but I think all of us as Christians, we want to become more faithful, don't we? We really want that. Today, then, I'm just going to hold up a bit of a mirror to say, if we were a really faithful people, this is what we would be like. And it's not to beat us up about it, because we're battling this human nature to be faithless and fickle and undependable. And we need to change. So it's just an encouragement, really. Uh, and because this is fruit, this is something deep inside us that the Holy Spirit wants to generate in our personalities, a real commitment, a faithfulness. I'm a child of the king, so I should be behaving and I will find myself as I cooperate with him, behaving more like him. 
It's part of my inheritance in the kingdom of God to be like that. All of us want to hear one day, as it says in Matthew 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. What a thing to aspire to. We all want the Lord to say that over us, don't we? Holman's Bible Dictionary, so I'm told, defines the word faithfulness like this. Steadfast, dedicated, dependable and worthy of trust. Steadfast, unshakable, dedicated, committed in other words, dependable, always the same, dependable and worthy of trust. And I want to just highlight five areas in our lives where we can strive to bless God by reflecting back to him something of his faithfulness in our own lives, yeah? You with me on that? And the first thing then, the first area where we can display faithfulness is of course, most importantly, we have to be faithful to him, to our God, to our Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. That's a big love, isn't it? It's a steady love. It's a love that's dependable and committed. It's self on the cross and Christ on the throne love, isn't it? So it's about being dependable, first of all. I'm going to list just a few things to do with our faithfulness towards the Lord. So first of all, it's about being dependable in our loyalty, our commitment and service and obedience to him. Every man and woman of God, I read on the internet, so it must be true, but I think it is true. Is it? I read every man and woman of God that was ever used by God, was committed to God, to his kingdom and his work. Today, if you're going to be faithful to him, make a commitment to him that you're going to be dependable, that you're going to be wholly sold out for Jesus, no matter what. He's going to be your focus. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not wavering. It's about dependable, being dependable. It's about also being steadfast, being constant, being unwavering despite setbacks. It's having a fixed, established, constant, resolute disposition not to waver, to say, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stand on this truth. I'm going to be faithful in what I believe in my relationship with God, unwavering. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I love this because it's a tie-in of two faithfulnesses. Because God is faithful, let us also be faithful. He's faithful in his promise, so let's us be faithful in his trust. And the two things will come together then. 
and bless him. Wavering is a guaranteed way for you to miss out on God's best. So determine now that you will not compromise, no matter what the challenges in your life, no matter what the setbacks, no matter how impossible it may seem, refuse to back down. You're not going to give in. You're not going to let the enemy take hold of you. You are going to stand resolutely on the promises of God. James chapter 1 verse 6 says, He that wavers is like a wave on the sea, driven with the wind and tossed about. And let not any man think that he should receive anything from the Lord like that. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But you and I are not like that. We're going to be single-minded, single-visioned on the Lord, trusting him. He always fulfills his word, so I'm going to not waver. I'm going to stand firmly on his promises, no matter what. So it's about being dependable before him. It's about being steadfast before him. And it's about being obedient and pure before him. That's a way of demonstrating our faithfulness, isn't it? All the pressures of life press in on us, pushing us about, trying to make us sway from the truth that we follow in our Saviour and Lord. So we need to adhere to God's word, studying it and importantly, applying it into our lives constantly. Yeah, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Yeah, so I'm going to make decisions to be faithful in living a life of holiness before him. And because faithfulness is a fruit, the Holy Spirit is right alongside us, helping us be the kind of people God wants us to be. Yeah. OK, so that's faithfulness to God. That's the most important thing of all, probably. Well, I'm sure it is. But this is also important, being faithful to other people. You know what John says about, about love? He says, he who says he loves God <laughs> but can't get on with his brothers and sisters, he doesn't love them. He's a liar. It's just not working. And it's the same if we believe we're being constantly faithful to God and yet we can't have a testimony of faithfulness to our brothers and sisters, then it calls into question the, the root in our heart, doesn't it? So three things here. It's about being loyal in the things that I say about others and the way that I treat them. Loyalty in the body of Christ is really, really important. Um, I've written down three words, covering and respecting and supporting. Three different aspects. I can show my loyalty to you, my brothers and sisters in the church, by supporting you when you're going through stuff by being your friend, by being alongside you, by encouraging you, uh, by caring about you and supporting you, by respecting you. I've been through times when I've really um, fallen away from God and been a terrible testimony to myself before the Lord. And yet there were people who were always standing by me, encouraging me and supporting me and respecting me. And that helped me find my way back to him. We've got a responsibility to, what well, scripturally is, cover our brothers and sisters. Um, there's a lovely story when Noah came out of the ark, planted a vineyard and subsequently got himself drunk on the, 
results of that and is lying naked in his tent, the Bible says, um, and his sons um, come into his tent to cover him up and they come in backwards with a blanket between them. Um, such respect for somebody who had really quite seriously let them down. They come in backwards to cover their, their father. Um, I kind of like that. I, I like the idea that when one of us falls, we're just there protecting them and uh, just encouraging them to get back up again. Um, the worst thing we can do as Christians is to be uh, spreading rumours and and stuff about uh, people that have fallen. There can't be gossip in the church. There must not be telling of tales. Uh, there can't be vendettas. There can't be bad attitude. See how these Christians love one another. Yeah? And it's about being uh, dependable in showing up and pulling our weight in the church. Uh, that's a way of showing our faithfulness uh, to God, supporting the work in every way we can. So uh, if uh, there's, um, I don't know, some special meeting on or some initiative that the elders have put on or the leaders, your connect group leaders and so on, a way of demonstrating our faithfulness is to constantly show up to these things, to be enthusiastic about them, to pull our weight. If we're encouraged to go up the front and share, why not demonstrate your faithfulness by being one of those that goes up and shares? Yeah. It's about also having a servant heart. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's not get tired of doing good. Let's have a servant heart in the church and demonstrate our faithfulness in that way. Be loyal to one another, be dependable uh, with one another, keep our promises, show up at things, uh, be a really active member of the church. That's important. And it's about having a servant heart. We know it is. Jesus demonstrated this. You cannot have a servant heart very easily if you're staying at home all the time and not meeting up with your fellow believers. Okay, so faithfulness to God, faithfulness to our fellow believers in the Lord, our church and so on. Uh, faithfulness, thirdly, in finance. It's about not just the one-off gift that you remember, you look back and think, gosh, I, I spared such a large amount then, how amazing I am. Faithfulness is time and time again you're willing to give. Faithfulness is always being there when there's a need. His kingdom is worth more than my comfort, convenience and bank balance. It's really important to me that his kingdom comes first. That's the voice of somebody that is faithfully committed in their finance. It's about not being forgetful about your giving. An attitude that thinks, oh my goodness, I haven't given my tithes in for two weeks. Not faithful. It's faithful when we're there, when it's top of our mind to please the Lord in those things. What if God wasn't faithful in his provision to you? You pray and 
two, three weeks later, God thinks, oh my goodness, they prayed about that and I've forgotten to do anything about it. It's about always giving God and his kingdom access to your finances and your material possessions. In the New Testament, we know that the disciples had all things in common. I think we've slipped from that. There's no place in the kingdom of God for me to say, I'm interested in the kingdom, but I also have a little kingdom of Malcolm, which is my house and my car and my time, my evenings, my family. Jesus said, unless you hate your family and follow me, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Let's watch our priorities and make Jesus the king first in everything. Yes, and be faithful in that. There's another thing, and that it's always about being faithful in finances, is always about being cautious and prayerful in our spending. That's just really important. It's important if I'm going to be buying anything, but I don't think you really have to bother the Lord in serious prayer about whether or not you buy yourself a bag of chips. But if you're going to buy yourself a car or a new phone or a TV or something, why not just check it out with the Lord? I've got the money for this, Lord, but have you got something better that you'd like me to do? Something different? Is it okay if? That attitude of surrendering and checking everything with the Lord is a way of demonstrating our faithfulness to him. We're faithfully putting his kingdom first and making him Lord of our lives. Okay, so faithfulness in finance, faithfulness to one another, faithfulness to the Lord of all, and fourthly, faithfulness in prayer. I can demonstrate that I'm a faithful believer in my prayer life. It's about ensuring that when there's a need, I'm on it. Now, it's great in these days, we've got WhatsApp, you've got Facebook, you've got Emails coming through all the time from the church. There's a need. There's a need here. There's a need. Could we have somebody too? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and a faithful heart says, I'm on it. I'm going to pray about it. I've noticed in my own life. It's fairly easy to say to somebody, I'm going to pray about that for you. It's a little bit of a different step to actually sit down and pray about it. Yeah. But faithfulness says, I'm going to, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm going to pray. Let's spend some time now. Just a quick word to Jesus about this situation. Lord, yeah, I stop my work, I put my hands in the air. I hope the video camera is off and I'm not in the middle of a meeting. But Lord, just please, I feel this. Just, just bless that person. Just be with that person. Just put your healing hand on that person. I need to be faithful in my praying and consistent, not just praying a lot on Monday, but then by Friday, I've forgotten all about it. But praying these things through consistently, being faithful in our expectation that God is going to do a miracle in these people's lives. Yeah. It's about being prepared to make the effort and time for faith and prayer in my own life and also making sure that I'm a faithful believer in supporting the church as we pray together. You know, it's really important that we pray together as a body of believers. Why not all just stay at home and have a prayer time ourselves? Because where two or three 
meet together and agree about something. There's power. There's the presence of God. I wouldn't miss that for anything. I'll miss a prayer meeting occasionally if something serious really crops up. But it's a priority for me, for all of us surely, to be there with the believers, praying about issues and seeing God do things. Yeah, it's, it's part of being a faithful disciple of his. So I need to throw my weight into those things. And it's about, of course, not wavering in our faith when we pray for stuff. Those promises that God has given. We're praying in line with them. We haven't received it yet. But we're, we're doing an Abraham. We're going through our whole life looking to the promise that's ahead, unwavering. We don't flinch. We just believe it and believe it and carry on believing it until we see his word come to pass. Faithfulness in prayer. And finally, let's make sure that we're faithful in our witness to the Lord. It's about being constantly focused and looking for every opportunity to tell people about Jesus. It's got to become a habit. It's got to become something I do every day. It's not good enough that back when I was young, I went door to door visiting. That's not sort of ticked them off on my list. I've done that. But then I have a constant aptitude. Who? Who can I talk about to Jesus? What, Lord, are going to be the opportunities that you bring across my path this week? I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to be consistent in my witness. I want to be faithful in it. I want to please him by making that a top priority in my life. And it's about being consistently bold then, which is really hard for a timid person, I know. <laughs> uh, and about not keeping silent, but just whenever there's an opportunity to be bold enough to spit it out, I believe this, yeah? I've got this testimony. Let me, person that I've just met, just let me tell you what God has, has done for me. I came across this verse in Isaiah, which just really blessed me recently. It's Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. It's like the kids that I go and visit at my son Sam's house. Those girls, my granddaughters, do not keep silent for one minute. They're all talking at once. They're all coming at me with all kinds of stuff. If one's talking, the other, they're never silent. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, that's the church. For the church's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like a blazing torch. It's a lovely verse that, talking about the salvation shining through from the church to the world. I'm not going to keep quiet until it's absolutely blazing in Southport that Southport Community Church and Malcolm Bissett in it is a follower of his and it's an amazing life following him. Yeah, it's like a blazing torch. It's lovely that it says her salvation like a blazing torch because that word salvation is Yeshua, it's Jesus, until her, her Jesus shines out like a blazing torch. We want that, don't we? Are we going to commit our lives to being faithful to him? And then we'll see that happen. Hallelujah. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to one another, faithful in our finances, in our prayer life, and in our witnessing. Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness, 
So let's honour him by always being faithful to him and to our brothers and sisters and to the kingdom that he is building so that we'll all one day hear him say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen.